Today on episode number 629 of the School of Podcasting, I'm back from Podcast Movement. I'm back from being inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame. There was a whole lot more I wanted to add to my speech, and today you're going to get the extended dance version along with the original recording from the event. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears, and I help you flatten that learning curve and not just get podcasting, but get podcasting in the right direction. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription, or you can buy any of the courses a la carte. And I have a voice. That's good. That is not often the case after podcast movement. And my head actually does fit through the door. That's the other good thing. I was worried about that now that I am a Hall of Fame podcaster. And I had a great time at podcast movement, but I want today, I'm going to tell you how podcasting works. So if you're a person who's like, does podcasting work? Now, the other thing I want to point out here is I'm going to share a lot of stories today, a lot of stories of how this led to that, and that led to this, and this led to that, and that led to this, and realize I'm talking about 13 years in podcasting. So this is how it works. And what I really, I thought about this as I was recording this, what I really do every single day is to say, okay, now that I understand how it works, how can I speed it up? What can we do to speed this process up? And that is what I look for every single day when I wake up. And that's what you help me look for every single day as you share your insights into podcasting. I I said this, you'll hear it later. I'm going to play my speech at the end of my kind of extended dance version here. But I I mean this, I really think, yes, it's my show, I'm the host, but I really do consider this our show because we're all helping each other. So before I get to the podcast content, it's time for some jazz music and I've got a lot of stories to share with you today. And one of the the stories I want to share with you is I went over to Indeed.com and typed in the phrase podcast engineer and sound engineer for weekly podcast from a little company called NYC. There are, here's one, project podcast producer engineer, ESPN Films, podcast producers for Stars and Stripes, audio engineer for in Rooster Teeth. Oh, that's a podcast in Austin, Texas. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Digital media intern, senior full stack software engineer. It goes on and on and on. And that's why I've had people ask me about this. Hey, what do you know about this podcast engineering school? So I'm actually taking the class right now. And even if you even if you aren't a podcaster, Chris starts at ground one. Chris Kern, who has a history in the recording industry, in the music industry, and he's brought all the skills over to podcasting. And at the podcast engineering school, the next semester starts September 18th. Look at the calendar that's going to be here very, very quick. And how this works is it's live interactive online training that is recorded. So if you can't make every session, you can always watch the recording. You actually get two mentoring sessions with Chris, one before the class even starts to make sure it's a good fit. You actually get major, and I mean 
major discounts on software and plugins. You also get lifetime access to the Podcast Engineering School closed community. You get a certificate upon completion. It's awesome. You can see everything that I'm talking about. Just go to podcastengineeringschool.com. But the one thing I want to remind you, especially right now as you listen to this, it's probably July 30th, and that is early bird pricing is over. You're looking at like a couple days. So if you're thinking about this and you're on the, no, do it now. Again, it's podcastengineeringschool.com. You can learn to engineer and produce podcasts at a professional level and then earn a great living part-time or full-time, or you can just make your own show sound professional. And I got to tell you, I uh, was playing with the audio today from Podcast Movement, and it's recorded on an iPhone, and I was able to clean it up a little bit, but we're only halfway through the class. We haven't got into mastering yet, and I'm really looking forward to that part where you can take crappy audio and make it sound much better. So check it out, podcastengineeringschool.com. Early bird pricing ends very, very soon. And the first, that I guess I should say, the next session starts September 18th. Thank you, Chris Kern. Thank you for Podcast Engineering School for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. This week... Last Tuesday, I guess, as you listen to this, I was inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame, something that is still taking a little bit to soak in, but I gave a seven-minute speech, and you'll hear that when I'm done here, but I had more to share. Shocking. A podcaster wanted to talk a little longer, and there's more to learn as I look back at my 13 years of podcasting, but here, we're going to go back way back, back into time. If someone were to ask me, who are my influences? I would say Dave Barry. And you're like, who? Dave Barry was a guy when the Sunday paper would show up, when I would get home from church, my family would all kind of dive on the paper. And I would go for, I think it was the parade magazine. And I would turn to the Dave Barry column. He's super sarcastic. He's super funny. He has a whole bunch of books out. If you want to laugh, check out Dave Barry. And uh, he would make me and my mom laugh. Uh, Then I would say probably later, David Letterman, the early days on NBC when he was doing things like the suits of Velcro and the suits of, uh, uh, what was the one he had? Um, Seltzer, the suits of Seltzer. Of course, you know, stupid human tricks, throwing things off the top of buildings. It was great. And in podcasting, when I first got into it, Dan Class from The Bitter's Pill shared stories of his life. And this transparency inspired me to do the same when it comes to education, hands down, Jim Blackstock was my favorite teacher in college. He took really, really dry classes like tech report writing. Mmm. That just makes you mmm, like how to write technical reports and made them fun with humor. And it was here in Mr. Blackstock's class, along with my niece. I think she was like Roger Rabbit teaches reading or something like that. But I saw that if you combine education with fun, It's not quite so boring. And later I got to work with Mr. Blackstock when uh, I was the editor of the student newsletter. And I always like to cross the line a little bit. That's always fun for me. Just cross it. Let's just cross the line just a little bit. And uh, he was really good at helping me figure out where that line was. So I didn't go too far over that. But uh, I didn't coin the phrase, but I always try to do what I call edutainment. And then I got two quick points before we get into the podcasting thing. And these are the weird ones. This is the controversial stuff. Now, back in the day, 
back in the day, junior high was not a lot of fun for me. It kind of mellowed out, but like seventh, eighth grade, it was brutal because I would hear the bell ring and I was pretty sure somewhere going to my next class, uh, one of my friends, oddly enough, one of my friends would come over and punch me in the shoulder so hard I would go flying into a locker. And at the time, this was just boys will be boys. And uh, they were all into lifting weights. And when I heard the phrase, no pain, no gain, I was like, you know, I'm just going to stop at the no pain part. And uh, instead, I would go home and play the guitar. Now, it's weird because today they go, oh, well, you were bullied. And I guess I was. And But I do owe a bit of gratitude to those people. Why? You're like, really? Yeah. They taught me at an early age to be myself. And if people didn't like me, well, that was their problem. And now it did strip a ton of self-confidence in the process, but eventually I learned to stick up for myself. And I just said one day, like, look, can you guys stop that, please? And, uh, and they did. Why? Well, they wanted to learn how to play the guitar, of course. So yes, in a weird way, I was shaped positively or in a positive way, I guess, by bullies. It was weird that these were my friends, but again, I just chalked it up to boys will be boys. But it did also then, my very first real job that wasn't a paper route, I think I've told you this before, uh, I was too shy to talk to any customers. And I eventually got fired from that. Now, I say that for any introvert listening to this is like, I don't know if I could do a podcast. I'm not, I'm here to tell you, the guy that just got into the Hall of Fame was super introverted. Now, how did I get over that? I faked it until I made it, right? You've heard that, fake it till you make it. And I just pretended I was outgoing. And then eventually that came so naturally that, well, I was kind of outgoing. And then the last thing before we get to the podcasting stuff, that's like, really? It's a little weird, but you know, these are the things that got cut. I want to thank my ex-wives. And you're like, really? Yeah, there are two, which is sad, but I did learn a lot from both of them. My first wife and I were kind of just dealt a bad hand. Uh, We spent ourselves into bankruptcy trying to have a kid And it just went kind of downhill after that. We had 15 years. My second wife did a really good job of holding a mirror up to me. And consequently, I learned a lot about myself. And uh, both of them helped me grow as a person. And so for that, I'm thankful. And uh, I'm glad to call them both friends still to this day. Now, this is the part about podcasting. So if you're like, ah, enough of the Dave talk. Back in the day, I was four. No, okay, we're not going back that far. But this is, and you'll hear in the speech, what I'm going to play after this, I could not help but throw this line in. And that is, this is how podcasting works, okay? You ready? You create content that brings value to your audience. Now, how do I know if it's valuable? Well, either A, they subscribed and they came back for more. B, they told a friend Or C, they stop to take notes. I've had people tell me that. I like your show, but I can't listen to it in the car because I have to take notes. That's cool. Or I had a bunch of people come up to me at Podcast Moon and said, I really, really, really enjoyed the episode on uh, imposter syndrome. So when they're emailing you saying that was good, that is valuable content. Step one, create valuable content. What does that do? That leads to building relationships with your audience. So content leads to relationships. Those relationships 
lead to opportunities. So content, relationships, opportunities. I guess because we're Americans in many in cases. I know you're not. Maybe you. I'm talking to you. Yeah. The one that's like, I'm not an American. I'm not an American. Right. No. Uh, but here in America, we anything that's three words, we have to have, like, I guess we could call this the crow, C-R-O. But your content leads to relationships. Relationships lead to opportunities. And when you're doing those opportunities, what do you do? You point people at your content, which then leads to more relationships, which leads to more opportunities. And it just repeats, lather, rinse, repeat. And so if we look back, and I'm going to kind of jump back and forth here just a little bit, but I did publish my very first podcast, The Musician's Cyber Cooler, back in the day on April 4th. Music, marketing, mentoring. I hope you're thirsty. This is The Musician's Cooler, where musicians come to trade advice. And what I want to share here are some examples of the crow effect. I guess that's what we're going to call it. So it's coming out of my mouth. The show was about music marketing. And so first things first, the Musician Cyber Cooler was rebranded Musician's Cooler. And then later it was rebranded the Marketing Musician Podcast. So if you start in one direction and go, oh, you can change it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Your podcast is not a statue. It is a recipe. But this show was about music marketing and it attracted a guy named Marcus Couch. This is Marcus Couch, and you're listening to Musicians Cooler, where musicians come to trade advice. You can find him at MarcusCouch.com. And he had worked with bands like Disturbed. Now, if you're into hard rock, you're like, really? Yeah, he got to work with Disturbed and a bunch of other ones, by the way. But in Chicago, he was kind of a music promoter, kind of manager kind of guy. And he did this awesome show called The Scene Zine. And look, I love hard rock and metal. The harder, the better. As long as it's not like cookie monster rock, I can't get into the cookie. You know, where it's like that. Mm-mm, no, I turn into my dad when I hear that. I'm like, you can't whistle that. You know how parents are, but I loved hard rock. Well, Marcus loves marketing. Well, you know, peanut butter, jelly, chocolate, peanut, whatever you want to do. We hit it off. Why? Because of content content had led to relationships And the Musician's Cooler also got me the opportunity to be on the radio in Nashville, Tennessee. Some guy named David Hooper did a syndicated radio show called Music Business Radio. Still on the radio, by the way. And he had turned it into a podcast. And I was a listener because, again, his his show was about the music business. So was mine at the time. So there's that connection. And David started listening to my show. Why? Because, well, we just went over that, didn't we? So, yeah, we kind of connected on the content. And that led to, you guessed it, there's the relationship that led to me being asked to come on his radio show. Welcome back to Music Business Radio with your host, David Hooper. You're listening to Music Business Radio. I'm David Hooper, and we are coming to you from the TuneIn Broadcasting Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. David Jackson is in the studio today. He's a podcasting specialist and host of the show Musicians Cooler. Runs a site called schoolofpodcasting.com, which teaches musicians how to most effectively use this new medium. So let's talk about podcasting, David. Now, as you may know, Music Business Radio, this show, we have a podcast. and We've got listeners from all around the world. So this question is going to sound kind of silly to them. But for those who are listening on broadcast radio, just define podcasting. First of all, I always tell people it's an internet radio show 
However, you can listen to it whenever you want. That's one of the big buzzwords. They call it time shifting. So I can listen to it whenever I want. You do not need an iPod. It's handy if you got one. But if you do have some sort of portable media device, you can then listen to it whenever you want, wherever you want. So on my way down here, driving to Nashville, I was listening to your podcast in my car. I didn't have to tune it in on the radio. I could listen to it whenever I want, wherever I want. It was cool. I was on the radio. So, again, content leads to relationships, leads to opportunities. Now, a new free media host had started called Pod Show by Adam Curry. And Marcus was on that platform. Somebody had heard the scene zine and pulled him on. And Marcus asked me, there's the opportunity, if I was interested in joining. He thought he could get me on the platform, and he did. So that relationship led to an opportunity. The opportunity led me and the other pod show people to hang out with Adam Curry at the very first podcast expo in 2005. Hello, everybody. My name's Adam Curry. This is the morning announcements. Enjoy it in the morning. So there I was next to the water heater, praying no one would flush the toilet, recording with my podcast with an old Shure SM58 microphone I had laying around because I'm also a musician. Now, I later bought an MXL V67, and it was a microphone that the guy at the Guitar Center told me was great for recording vocals, which it is for the record, uh, And but it also picked up a bunch of background noise, and it is a condenser, and condensers have a wider kind of range. They pick up a little more bass, they pick up a little more uh, high-end, and consequently, they kind of have the... Um, the reputation of picking up more background noise, which they kind of did in this case. And uh, I later, I love the sound of Scott Fletcher. So before there was pod news, before there was pod to pod, before there was, there was Scott Fletcher who did a show called pod check. And it was all about industry news. Scott Fletcher, by the way, you should remember that name. If they ever make like a, uh, a trivial game on podcasting, Scott Fletcher would be an answer. Scott Fletcher is the man who invented the word pod fade. But Scott used an Audio-Technica 3035, and so I forked out a couple of hundred bucks because I wanted to sound like Scott Fletcher, who sounded like this. This story out of Lycos, according to them, uh, the search requests related to podcasting are up a gazillion percent. No, wait, that's that's only got, uh, that's three zeros. That's a thousand percent. Well, though, without really any real numbers from Lycos, that could be an increase from one to one thousand probably a little bit more than that anyway in addition uh, lycos is calling godcasts the hottest trend in podcasting we here at podcheck weekly review suggests that paris bashing is the hottest trend this week not only are podcasters bashing the hell out of her podcast but now teenage boys googling for paris hilton sex videos are likely to be redirected to the paris hilton podcast and there's nothing less wankable than the paris hilton podcast Teenage boys around the world are going to be pissed. And it turns out, even though the microphone was a few hundred bucks, it didn't make me sound like Scott. And it also was a condenser microphone. I was still in the basement next to the water heater in the room with the furnace and the dryer. I remember the the sickening sounds of hearing my nieces scream, Uncle Dave, because I would go over and pull open the dryer door so I could record and then forget to close it. And they would wake up in the morning to have a dryer full of wet clothes and they were not happy. So what did I learn from all those microphones? 
it's not the tech. So when I say it's not the tech, that's because it's not the tech. What am I using now? I'm using Electrovoice RE320. And my I would say if you really want to invest in some tech, get a DBX286. They're awesome and you're good to go. Now you can also, if you want to just start off with an, an uh, ATR2100 microphone, those are great as well. The whole point of audio is when it's not distracting, when your audio is distracting, that's a problem. And you might say, well, Dave, you joined Podshow back in the day? Yep, the internet's first free podcast hosting company. And uh, they would actually get paid. The way they were going to stay in business is by selling ads. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Yeah, Podshow went out of business. And over the years, I've seen this happen time and time again. So anyone who's like, yay, Anchor. Yeah, are you listening? Are you listening? And by that, I mean, are you listening to me at all? Let me uh, calm down just a bit about that. So here we go. Podshow, which later changed their name to Mevio, started in August of 2005. They made it to April of 2014. That is 116 months. But they also went through $38.8 million. Didn't work. Padango, uh, September 2006 to December 2008. That's 27 months. And everybody remembers them. Notice that date, December 2008. They let us know the week of Christmas, hey, we're not going to make it to 2009. Get your stuff and get out. Wildvoice.com. I don't really remember this one a whole lot. They made it 36 months. My podcast made it 48 months. Uh, Mypodcast.com. Audiometric.io. This started in 2012 and made it all the way to 2014. Now, they technically didn't go out of business but I did lose access to my files because they were purchased by Panoply. So here again, free media hosting led to a brick wall. And what's weird is you go, well, yeah, things have changed since 2014. Uh-uh. Anybody remember Opinion Podcasting? They started in 2015, went out of business 23 months later, 2017. And it, so this is what drives me nuts when I see a free media host that says, oh, it's free for everybody. Check it out because apparently bandwidth is free. It's manna from heaven. So come on down and later we're going to have ads and that'll pay for everything. And I'm like, oh, good God, they're going back to the pot show business model. And it's been proven one, two, three, four, five, at least six times. Now, for the record, I mentioned Anchor, which rhymes with canker, by the way, anchor.fm was started, did you know this? August of 2015. And if they make it 45 months, because the average is 45 months. Now, if you take Pod Show and they're $38 million out of the picture, that drops to 31, which is kind of close to my typical answer. Usually I tell people free media hosts last about three years. And so uh, if Anchor makes it 45 months, that would be May of 2019. If they go 31 months, that would be May of 2018. So obviously they've made it past that. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, They have already, did you know this? They've already burned through $14.4 million and they keep changing their format. So the whole, I, I don't know about you, they've been doing this three years, not a single ad on the site. Anyway, so if people wonder why I think this and why I get so passionate about it, I go, cause I don't want to see you start podcasting in the wrong way. 
So let's get back to the crow principle. Uh, this was one of my kind of, I guess, one of my favorite stories. My, I did time as the director of podcasting for the new media expo, this guy named Rick Calvert. And you know, how we had the uh, missing Richard Simmons podcast. I want to do the missing Rick Calvert podcast. Uh, he was the head of the new media expo, which at the time was the largest kind of media event. They had podcasting, they had YouTubing, they had blogging and, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft had stepped down. So Rick asked Rob Walsh from Libsyn, Todd Cochran from Blueberry, and Rob Greenlee from Spreaker. And they all said the same thing when he said, who should I pick? They all went, what do you think about Dave Jackson? That is the ultimate CRP example through my podcast. And I wasn't working for Libsyn, by the way, at that time. Through my podcast, I developed relationships with all these people because I like their companies. The podcast led me to events where I was able to build on those relationships. And while Rick Calvert, bless his heart, steered that event as hard as he could into the wall, just completely demolishing it, I got to work with all the speakers that last year. So I got to work with people like Pat Flynn and Bob Heil and a ton of other people. Pat Flynn, by the way, is a super cool dude. Now, another example is Ray Ortega from the podcaster's uh, studio and uh, and Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. Now, these two guys technically are my competition, but we all come from an abundance mindset. And we know that, you know what? You might be like this close right now to tuning out of me because you're like, man, this guy rambles on a bit. But that's okay. If you don't like me, go listen to Daniel's show or go listen to Ray's show. And that's fine. It's hard to have people go, yeah, they don't like me. But you got to kind of learn to live with that. So go check out Daniel. Go check out Ray. They are good competition, uh, but they're even better friends. And so my content led to relationships. And when Google came out with this live streaming tool called Google Hangouts, Ray decided to start what is called the Podcasters Roundtable podcast. And I was asked to be a co-host, as was Daniel. And on one of those episodes, so here we go, my content which Ray says back in the day when he was a produce picker, he would listen to the school of podcasting while he was at work. So there again, content leads to relationships, leads to opportunities. And one of those opportunities, I got to meet a guy named Jordan Harbinger. At the time, I never heard of him, but apparently he was just crushing it. He was on satellite radio. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And after we stopped recording, I asked him if he would come on my show. And Jordan is one of those guys that has no B game. He just, he's been on twice. He's a great guy. He's one of the most honest and transparent guys I've ever met. But that's an example again, content, relationships, opportunities. It was Daniel who told me about the Membership Guys podcast and how Mike Morrison had a great resource that compared many different tools for creating a membership. And at the time I was revamping the school of podcasting. So my relationship with Daniel led me to Mike. I listened to his podcast, his content I joined his website, so for anyone who thinks, does podcasting lead to sales? Uh Uh-huh. And I participate a little bit on their site and their forums, not a ton. But Mike, being Mike, always seeks me out, because I'm his customer, to build that relationship if I'm at an event. I was hanging out with him at Podcast Movement. And it was Podcast Movement in Anaheim. I was talking to Mike. 
as I was standing next to Mike, Pat Flynn walked over because Pat knows Mike. And as we started chatting, meaning me, Mike, and Pat, because again, I'd worked with Pat at the New Media Expo. And as I was talking with Mike and Pat, Michael Stelzner walks up. Michael Stelzner from Social Media uh, Examiner. And so I met Michael again at the very first podcast movement. So if people go, is it worth going to events? Are you hearing all the, the connections here? Uh, and I had a nice chat with Michael at the very first podcast movement. This is the one where we went to the stockyards, I think. So here we go. It's now the one in Anaheim. And I'm having a nice chat with Michael, with Pat, and with Mike from the membership guys. And Pat Flynn, for the record, is pretty funny. And we were all having a good laugh. But I got to share some insights on the podcasting space. So my content from that conversation led to uh, boosting my relationship with Michael Stelzner, which led to an opportunity for me to speak at Social Media Marketing World. Now, that opportunity led me to so many people that it's hard to say how many opportunities will come from that trip. And one more thing, as that show was in San Diego, Social Media Marketing World, guess who picked me up from the airport? That's right, Marcus Couch. And what did we do? That's right, we cranked hard rock all the way to the hotel. And we picked up right where we left off. And I can say I'm lucky enough. I, I'm still, I, I kind of get, I'm like, really? I got picked again? Cool. I've spoken at every podcast movement every year. And I wish I could remember how I met Jared Easley. My thought is it might have been through Gary Leland, who helped organize the first podcast movement. And I knew Gary from a podcast I did with Rob Walsh and Paul Culligan called Today in Podcasting. You'll hear about that in my speech. Sound, camera, and action. Today in Podcasting. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. And maybe Gary gave him my name. I love Jared's books. He's got some great books on Amazon. And I do have a picture of myself with Dan and Jared at the very last New Media Expo. One year at Podcast Movement, there's this guy named Neil Galarte was running some sort of Pod X talks. And my friend Steve Stewart, and how did I know Steve Stewart? Steve liked my show and kept sending in feedback over the years. He had a Money Plan SOS podcast. He had a couple other ones. And I was listening to his show because, I don't know, I like money. I like not setting it on fire. And so Steve and I have been friends over the years. And uh, Steve was leaving comments. He was leaving voicemails. Uh, but Steve was speaking at this Pod X thing. And so we went in because of our relationship. And when Steve was done, there was some extra time. So Neil turned to some guy named Glenn. You might know him as Glenn Hebert. You might know him as Glenn the Geek. And he said, hey, Glenn, why don't you just say something? And Glenn and I had never met, but Glenn gave a presentation off either the top of his head or he pulled it out of his butt. Take your pick. One of those orifices there uh, that showed that Glenn had put into practice all the things that I'd been teaching. Now, before, hold on a second there, I'm not taking any credit for, for Glenn's progress. Again, I had never met Glenn. Glenn wasn't listening to the School of Podcasting. It's just that Glenn is a smart talented and entertaining businessman. I'm not taking any credit, but it was cool to hear all the things I'd been telling people to do that Glenn was doing it. And Hey, you know what? It worked. 
And Glenn's content was so good that I was sitting a few rows from him. And before he was even done, I had a business card in my hand and I was waiting for him because the minute he stopped talking, I was going to run and almost probably tackle him and say, dude, you have to come on my show. His content just resonated with me. And I wanted to build kind of an instant relationship with him. And to this date, he's been on this show more than any other guest. I consider him a good friend. He's uh, He is entertaining. He is not boring. He issued the great phrase, don't be boring. Um, don't be boring. How do you grow your audience, Glenn? Don't be boring. But here again, all these different things, I wouldn't have gone to that session if I didn't know Steve. You see how these all tie in together? All right, a couple more here. Uh, Tampa has a big group of podcasters, and the head of that group was Chris Kermitzos. And when Chris started talking about creating a podcast event, as he does tons of events all over the place, uh, but he was doing one in Florida, Glenn, who again, we just realized I met through my relationship from by following Steve into a room, Glenn now asked me if I would be interested in talking. And for the record, if you're having an event and you want me to come talk at it, pretty much the answer is always going to be, yeah. You know, t- getting Dave to talk about podcasting is not hard. But Glenn did this as Glenn now was a listener of the School of Podcasting. And my content built that relationship between Glenn and I that led to the opportunity to speak at PodFest. And this was a whole new group of people. This was cool. And as always, when you get an opportunity, you have to just wring everything you can out of it. And that's why if you see me before I do any kind of presentation, I'm probably freaking out just a little bit, but I rehearse and I rehearse and I rehearse because I've only got one shot. We want to do a little Hamilton. I'm not going to throw away my shot. And I knew this was a shot in front of a whole group of people. And I delivered one of my favorite presentations that had people laughing. I had people learning. And I got to know the organizer, Chris, and his wife, Katie. And now I consider them very good friends. And it was also at this conference that I also got to stand next to Jared Easley. Now, if you ever get to do this, I swear you got to do it. It's amazing. Because I, I remember he, I was standing next to him in the uh, in the hallway. And he's like, Mr. Jackson, would you like to uh, join me in the bar for an adult beverage, maybe? Jared's so cool. And so we walked down and he just knew everybody. And I'd just be standing. He'd be like, do you know my name? Do you know my friend Dave? And he would explain who the person was, what they did, and the seed of a relationship would then be planted. And I remember one person vividly, and Jared said, have you ever met Danny Pena? And I had not. Now, Danny is the man behind Gamertag Radio, another guy that's been on the show multiple times. And I swear, if I could go back in time, if I could get a DeLorean and go back, Danny and I talked for the better part of 90 minutes, I bet. It went on forever. It was like one of the coolest conversations And I wish I had a conversation of that, but much like Glenn, when I learned Danny's story, Hall of Fame podcaster, by the way, Danny Pena, and he's now, his story is an award-winning movie. We'll get to that in a second, but I had to have this guy on my show. I had to have Danny Pena on my show. And if Danny has a middle name, it's community. So it's like Danny Community Pena. And like I said, he's been on the show a few times and He always brings content that I'm confident is going to get my audience sharing episodes. 
And over the years, I've had a chance to hang with Danny. And he's just a, a living, breathing because of my podcast story. Uh, one of the things that uh, you might remember Danny from is the movie, The Messengers, a podcast documentary. So check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh, I was asked back again to come and speak at PodFest. So this is like the next year. And this is because why? Because I took advantage of that opportunity and I delivered good content, apparently, because, well, they asked me back. And so uh, while I was there, Chris said, hey, they're doing interviews on video. You should go get interviewed. And so I go get interviewed. This is the first time I met uh, Tina Dietz, who's really cool. And Tina's awesome. And we had a great interview. And those interviews led to a documentary, again, called The Messengers. The crew was a guy named Willie Harper. And that Neil guy, the Neil guy from Podcast Movement that said, hey, uh, Glenn, why don't you stand up and say something? He was the director. And so because of the relationships I had with Chris, because Chris kind of knew I had a podcasting background and I'd been around forever, they decided to drive to Ohio to film me. And later they decided to do a podcast. You ready for this? They had me do a podcast about the making of the movie about podcasting. And they wanted me to narrate it, which was really, really cool. Another opportunity. Now, why did I say yes? Because I'd never done a narrative style podcast and there's only one way to learn. And I could have said, hey, Chris, uh, I can't do a narrative style podcast. I've never done one. Was I worried about doing a narrative style podcast? Kind of, because I've never done one. But there's only one way to find out. And there's only one way to know if you're going to like podcasting. And that's to start. So that's the lesson from that. And that movie then led me to knowing some really cool people like John Dennis and Lee Silverstein and Christy Hartzler and Lily Wong and everybody else in the movie. I kind of have a Florida family now, which is really, really cool. Now, more podcast events like DC PodFest from Jen Crawford, Podcast Mid-Atlantic from uh, Joe Pardo. And what was cool about this is now if a new thing popped up, I could say, oh, hey, I've spoken at Podcast Movement. I've spoken at PodFest. I had a bit of a resume. And how did I get that resume? Because content led to relationships, which led to opportunities. And so I was lucky enough to speak at DC PodFest. I was lucky enough to speak at Podcast Mid-Atlantic. And I take every presentation like I'm speaking in front of 10,000 people, even if I end up speaking in front of 50. You have to treat every opportunity like it's the biggest opportunity ever. And that guy from the radio station that I talked about with the Musicians Cooler, David Hooper, he started to put on podcasting events down in Nashville. And I was able, again, through that relationship to be able to come speak at those. And I had somebody literally like last week that said, we met at Podfecto. And so it's weird because that was a while ago at this point, but you don't see the seeds that you're planting. You just, you just walk around and talk to people. And this is the thing I think that we forget about. Podcasting is a little bit like farming. And that is where you plant and then you fertilize, you water, you give it some sunshine, you wait, right? When you have a baby, there's a nine-month wait there. So we have to wait. And that's, in the immortal words of Tom Petty, the hardest part. But you plant a seed, you wait, and then hopefully there's something to harvest. With me and Dave, we go back over 10 years. And so I was very happy to see him at Podcast Movement and, uh, 
it's not all about podcasting though. It's not all about downloads, that middle thing, right? It's content relationships, opportunities, that relationship work. It works both ways. And I've heard people say, you know, uh, well, what happened with your marriage? Ah, we shouldn't have got married in the first place. And I kind of thought that was like BS, but with my second marriage, Look, my ex-wife is a great mom. She's a great nurse. But uh, yeah, I'm in that. We probably just shouldn't have gotten married. And when things were at their worst, I had a few people. One was Jared Easley. I was thinking about this uh, today. I remember him sending me a message on Facebook and it just said permission to call. And I thought that was cool. So Jared called me. uh, My co-host, Eric K. Johnson from uh, Podcast Review Show. Tim Dewey, who does the Sled Dog Podcast, who I've known since like 2005. And they called just to check on me. And that was like, I didn't ask for that. They're just like, hey, hey, I heard you announced, you know, you're getting divorced. And, uh, you know, are you all right? And the one that really blew me away, and I've, I've talked about this in the past, was Steve Stewart. Steve Stewart. He took the time to call, away from his own family, to call me on Christmas, again, just to check on me. Uh, Marcus Couch was another guy, again, that called me down when I was just kind of surrounded by darkness, at least it seemed that way, and just let me know that, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, when I struggled with my faith, I could call Daniel J. Lewis. Uh, and then Ken Blanchard is always a guy that just sends the right email at the right time. He's always somebody I know that I could call if I needed to. And there are other people. I mean, I have uh, a mastermind on Tuesday that I deal with. And this is the problem. This is what I'm really right now wetting my pants because I actually named a couple names. And they're just realize if I named everybody, I could sit here right now and name all the people uh, that have their pictures behind me as I record this and the podcast would be three hours long. So I will just say, if I've ever shared a zoom window with you, if I've ever shared a Skype conversation with you, an email blast, if you've ever listened to or participated with my podcast, it's really, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a wild ride over the years and I just wanted to expand on that. Those are my examples, and I could probably go on longer, but I'm, I'm sure at this point you're like, okay, we get it. Content, relationships, opportunities. This dude's a broken record. <laughs> but that's how it works, at least from my chair here, 13 years in. If you would like to tap into some of that 13 years of experience, I would love to help you. One of the things that it's kind of weird because podcast movement was just a great event. I, I, I could go on for another hour on that. And that's one thing you should learn from this. I have more insights that I want to share. But if I, if I make this a two-hour episode, I'm going to have nothing for next week. So I've got more insights from podcast movement coming up. But it's interesting that, and this again goes back to kind of knowing yourself, it was truly overwhelming being inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame uh, when they announced my name. And for the record, oh, that's the other thing I forgot to mention. You will hear in just a second, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. I asked him to induct me because Daniel doesn't make crap. And Daniel is hilarious. And I knew Daniel wouldn't embarrass me. And I just knew I could count on him. He's just 
a stand-up guy. And so Daniel did a great job. You'll hear that in, in just a second. But it was kind of overwhelming when they announced, when he finally said, whatever it is, we induct Dave into the Hall of Fame. And like people stood up instantly, like I got a standing ovation. And I'm, <laughs> I'm walking up the steps to go to the stage. And in my head, I'm going, don't cry, don't cry, <laughs> don't cry. So that was uh, interesting. And um, just all week to have people go, you're such a great guy. It's, it's, I know it sounds weird. But it's it's just overwhelming, and thank you all for that. And so, if you would like to work now, if you'd like to work with a Hall of Fame podcaster, uh, I would love to work with you because the thing I love to do is help people. And it's weird because I have one memory that bugs me about podcast movement, and that is the last night we're there, and uh, we're all tired. None of us have a voice. And I'm watching these two women at the bar and they're talking with each other and I'm talking with all sorts of fun people, but I'm, I, I kind of see them out of the corner of my eye and I look up and this one girl uh, starts to dab her eyes with a napkin because she's crying. And obviously these two are out in there. You know, you have one, one person who's having a really bad night and, and one good friend that's, that's helping them through it. And I just had this voice in my head that I probably, I don't know, maybe it's today's society. I just wanted to go over and talk to her and say, Hey, I saw you were crying. Is there anything I can do? I, I, I just, I just, the, the DNA of me wanting to help this person, knowing that I could probably easily be stepping into some sort of weird, like, who is this weird, creepy guy? But I just was like, you know, do you need a hug or something? And that, that, that is one thing that is, it's a weird memory, but I, I, as I walked up to my room, I was like, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? Because I really wanted to do that. So that's, uh, that's one weird memory from podcast movement. But one memory that is not weird is uh, when I get to work with you. So go to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash work with me and we can do, you know, you can join the school of podcasting. We can do one-on-one mentorship. I have all sorts of all sorts of different programs, but I have one link school of podcasting.com slash work with me. And with that, I will now, this is uh, recorded on an iPhone from the one and only Steve Stewart. Find him at Steve Stewart dot me. And this is uh, Daniel J. Lewis's uh, induction speech. And then you'll hear mine. So the other thing I need to say is I know it's 13 years in. I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting is a name. <laughs> yes. A name you may not hear mentioned by top podcasters like Pat Flynn, Anna Ferris, or Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's not that I'm from Snuff Group, by the way. <laughs> but you may not even see his podcast ranking in top charts, be they legitimate or you no know, brave. But I challenge you to find a podcaster who has not been influenced by this great man. Through his more than 3,300 podcast episodes, (laughs) Dave has educated and inspired thousands, including podcasters and many more who have then passed on that education and inspiration to others 
and he has positively influenced many of the podcasting tools we use and rely on today. Thus, I request that every podcaster is fewer than six degrees of podcasting separation from his influence, and probably as little as one degree away. Dave was actually the first to start a podcast about how to podcast, helping you to launch your show and improve your show when he launched the School of Podcasting's morning announcements on October 5th, on October 12th, 2005. And yes, that was before your mom and even before Alex Bloomberg knew what a podcast was. <laughs> and even in that first episode, Dave encouraged us with the reminder that your first podcast always stinks. Unless, of course, you have millions of dollars to invest in a whole team of marketers and producers <laughs> to do your podcast for you, and it's probably season two that stinks. <laughs> and through the days, more than 600 episodes of School of Podcasting alone, Dave Jackson continues to be your personal podcast coach to help you massage your message, tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve to get you podcasting in the right direction. You know it. <laughs> and across his multiple podcasts about podcasting, let's come. School of Podcasting, Ask the Podcast Coach, Podcast Review Show, Podcast Radio Show, Because of My Podcast, More Podcast Money, Best Podcast Review, and as if that wasn't enough, co-hosting Today in Podcasting and Podcasters Roundtable. Are you getting the idea of an session? <laughs> Across all of these shows, Dave teaches, he answers questions, and he makes himself willingly the lab rat of the latest podcasting tools in order to help you make better podcasting choices. And as you may be thinking, Dave may even hold the record for having hosted the, all, the most solo podcasts himself. And I only mentioned some of them. <laughs> some of his more than 30 different podcasts <laughs> about a bunch of different topics, including things like Amazon Alexa, faith, relationships, marketing, and more. I, I imagine that shopping with Dave Jackson must be torture because everything he sees gives him an idea for new podcasts. <laughs> and that may sound like an exaggeration, but no joke. Dave did leverage the success of Serial to launch his own storytelling journalistic episode about a different crisis that faces us all every day. He called that episode Dinner. <laughs> and you may not have that, but really, it was a huge hit in the true dying genre. <laughs> but Dave Jackson is a man of integrity. He's a man of kindness. He's a man of Christian faith. He is approachable, and his audience knows that he is there for them with patience and support when they need it most, including me. I trust Dave with my life. I trust him with my death. Literally, I do. <laughs> and I even trust Dave with my RSS feed, <laughs> which some of you would consider more important than my forehead. <laughs> You'll never see Dave promising to get you to number one in the vomit-induced mythical unicorn magic of new and number. 
You all see him trying to sell a lucky break as some formula for success. But through his many podcasts, his friendly support role at Lipson, through the valuable resources that he sells and gives away, you will see Dave using his years of training experience to communicate clearly, passionately, honestly, and with some fantastic illustration. And if you want to see all of this, then go over to powerofpodcasting.com where you can get some of Dave's shows, and then you can search for all of the rest of them. So it's really no wonder that Dave's main show, School of Podcasting, won the People's Choice Award for Best Technology Podcast in 2017. And now because of his great pioneering, because of his influence, and because of his leadership in the podcasting industry, it's my pleasure for you to reach, to meet the next Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame inductee, Dave Jackson. He is uh, he's my favorite brother. 
course, he's my only brother. And I love him, you guess it, like a brother. Um, so also in 2005, I launched the School of Podcasting. And this is also the first time I got asked to be a co-host. And this was from some people you might recognize. Uh, Rob Walsh, Gary Leland, Paul Culligan asked me to join today in podcasting. Now, the interesting thing about this, yeah, we, we did not have... Uh, lead magnets, we didn't have a funnel. We liked to talk about podcasting because it was fun. We didn't even care if we got a new one, don't worry. No, hold on. I think it screwed up in my mouth. But what I did realize is I had no idea I was planting seeds for the future. You see, this is how podcasting works your content leads to relationships, your relationships lead to opportunities. Your opportunities lead to you pointing people to your content. You see how this goes? Which leads to relationships and over and over and over. So, those are my first co-hosts. And I want to really thank all my co-hosts that I get to work with. Uh, Daniel mentioned all my shows, but Jim Cullison, Eric K. Johnson, and two guys who literally are my competition. We always put air quotes in that. But are seriously some of my closest friends, and that is Ray Ortega and Daniel J. Lewis. I also need to thank, of course, two other co-hosts, and that is, of course, Biggie and the Wiz, man! Yeah! <laughs> and uh, I can't leave out, of course, my most annoying and yet beloved co-host, the one and only, Bernie the Cat. Uh, speaking of competition, I do want to thank Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee and Mike Dell. It has really been a pleasure over these years just to work side by side as we kind of help advance podcasting uh, to be a place where people aren't being taken advantage of because they don't know what they're doing yet. And I think for this part, I'm going to have to go into 2X mode. <laughs> people, again, you get these opportunities. So I want to thank anyone who's ever let me speak, or at least some of them. I can't do all of them. But I do want to thank Dan Jared, Gary and Mitch of Podcast Movement, Chris Kamitsos, of uh, PodFest, Chris, yeah. thank you for the messengers. Available on Amazon Prime, by the way. Uh, Jen at DC PodFest, Joe Pardo at Podcast Mid-Atlantic, David Hooper at PodFecta, Michael Stelzner at Social Media Marketing World, and this is the one that really blew me away. Jessica Coverman and Elsie Escobar of Shoot Podcast. Let me... Yeah, they let me and John McKinnis. Like, here's our show. Don't break it. I'm like, What? <laughs> And then, this is the cool part, I got to go into the private She Podcast Facebook group. What? I'm like, I still don't quite understand how I got that honor, besides the fact that I'm working on a song of B Cup, I think. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, I do want to thank my dad. My dad uh, was kind of a tough guy, but he told me to always take pride in your work. And he always said, you don't get paid until you do it right. And sometimes that meant mowing the whole lawn again. Or washing the whole car again. Yeah, you don't get paid until it's done right. Speaking of family, I want to thank my Lipson family. Here's that name again. VP Rob Walsh, President Lori Sims, Todd and Crystal in support. What I love about you guys is you never make me feel stupid, even when I do things that are really stupid. Elsie <laughs> uh, Escobar is like working with just liquid sunshine all the time. <laughs> and really just the whole Lipson team for not only being the best podcast media hosting company on the planet, 
but also for seriously being like one of the greatest places to work. People always ask me all the time, so how's it working at Lipson? I'm like, seriously, I'm waiting for the other shooter drop. It's like one of the coolest places. So as I start to wrap up, I want to let you know that this is kind of the Reader's Digest condensed version of this speech because I got a whole lot more stories I want to share just not enough time. So, of course, uh, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe, <laughs> it will be Monday's show. <laughs> but uh, I have saved the best for last. And I want to thank my mom. Uh, I really wish you guys could have met my mom. She was so awesome. And her life had so many curveballs. And you're just like, seriously? And I remember I was sitting at the kitchen table with her once, and I said... I don't remember ever hearing you complain. And she said, well, here's the deal. If there's a shadow someplace, that means there's a light someplace. And I've always chosen, chosen? I've always chose to, uh, to look at the light. So for everyone here who's thinking about starting a podcast, if you could put your phone down and actually listen to me for a second. <laughs> But if you're sitting there with a message and a passion and a need to be heard, then please do not worry about the one-star review. Do not worry about those thousands of people listening to your podcast, because guess what? When you first start, you're probably only going to have about six downloads, and that's maybe if your cousins are listening. <laughs> but by the time you get to those thousands of downloads, you're going to be great. But here's the problem. You can't get to show 100 without doing show number one. So quit focusing on what can go wrong. And for God's sake, quit focusing on the tech. And focus on the impact you can have if things go right. Think about that one person who needs to hear your message. And that one person who you can change their life and start your podcast. Quit reading about it. Quit watching YouTube videos. And just... Do it. You change the world one download at a time. Thank you all. Thank you, Jesus. Good night. Last Christmas. You know, it just dawned on me. I do need to thank some more people. I'd like to thank my producer dave jackson my engineer dave jackson my audio editor (laughs) dave jackson my web designer my social media manager my music producer my guest coordinator okay we get the point (laughs) this podcast is part of the power of podcasting network find it at powerofpodcasting.com changing the world one download at a time